AmericasWebRadio.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Good morning and welcome to America's Web Radio and safe senior hour with uh, our host, Joe Gavales, and he has a very special guest today. But before we get started, I wanted to uh, introduce a new sponsor, and if you're there with a pen and paper, you might want to write this down. It's called the Body Dryer, and it's an incredible product. You can go online and put in Tornado Body Dryer and go to their website, and if you're interested in buying one, just say that David... Uh, suggested it or in your comment to them just say David uh, in Atlanta Georgia at America's Web Radio and they'll give you a very special discount on the unit it is amazing uh, it's it goes in your shower you can take your shower turn the water off turn the body dryer on and you're surrounded literally surrounded by warm air that'll dry you from head to toe in about three minutes and if you happen to be in a situation that you have to use a wheelchair to go into your shower, uh, it's perfectly safe. Uh, they've been on the market now for 10 years. They just haven't done any advertising. And so we're going to start advertising the body dryer, the Tornado body dryer. And they call it a Tornado because of the way it works. It goes in the corner of your shower, and it causes the uh, air to circulate around you, and it's all nice, warm air. And like I said, you're dry from head to toe within about three minutes. So with that being said, I'm going to turn the show over to Joe and his very special guest. And it is very, very special and uh, ultimately probably affects all of us at some point or the other, either personally or uh, a member of our family. So with that being said, Joe, it's all yours. I appreciate it, David. Good morning to everybody. Just let you know here in Atlanta, it started off very cold today, like 20 degrees, 21 degrees. It's freezing, which is unusual here for us. But uh, and uh, just uh, today, just want to remind everybody, it's a it's a national holiday. It's the Martin Luther King Day here, who who goes down as one of the, the great uh, civil rights leaders in the world, and. Um, uh, and he's from Atlanta, so uh, we are uh, uh, celebrating that uh, today. And one of his quotes that I like uh, that uh, I, I heard about, it's not well known, uh, it's not one of the famous ones you hear, but it was a quote that he used, and I thought it was great. It said, no person has the right to rain on your dreams. And I thought that has a, it has a lot to, to say. So uh, with that, uh, we are honoring a, uh, a true civil rights leader today. But uh, our guest today, which uh, we are very fortunate to have, thank you for coming in, is Mary Lee Boatwright Quinn, who's the Advocacy and Public Policy Manager for the Alzheimer's Association, the Georgia Chapter. Welcome. Thank you, Joe. I'm happy to be here. Uh, I, I have known Mary Lee from, from uh, uh, her very active uh, engagement in the community concerning with elder issues, and so we're... We're very happy to have her today, and and if we could just start off and just give us an idea of of the uh, Alzheimer's Association and what your position is. Okay, thank you, Joe. The Alzheimer's Association is the leading voluntary health organization in Alzheimer's care support and research, and actually um, our vision is a world without Alzheimer's disease. Hmm. Um, our mission is to eliminate the disease through the advancement of research, 
and to provide and enhance care and support for all affected and to reduce the risk of dementia through the promotion of brain health. And our association is across the country. There are um, numerous chapters. In some states, there are multiple chapters, um, like in Florida, where there is a large senior population. There are three or four chapters there. So um, we do have a 1-800 line that is 24-7, and it's manned by um, people like myself, licensed clinical social workers. Wow. Mm-hmm. And so uh, 1-800-272-3900 is the number. If you have um, any questions, suspicions about a family member who might be exhibiting symptoms, um, it's a great resource. If you could uh, go in, uh, I know when I told some people that you were going to be on, the question was, is could they go through the difference or how they interact dementia and Alzheimer's? Yes, perfect. Um, that is a common question, Joe. Um, Alzheimer's is actually a form of dementia. It is the most common form of dementia, and uh, approximately 60 to 80 percent of all dementia cases is um, Alzheimer's. And then the second most common type of dementia is vascular dementia. Hmm. Um, and then there's Lewy body dementia and um, oh. frontal temporal lobe dementia. So, um, but all four of those fall under that umbrella of dementia. Um, and, and there are some common uh, symptoms between the four, um, but some of them also manifest uh, differently. But Alzheimer's is the most common and uh, the one we see the most frequently. I, I just want to remind everybody that uh, uh, we are not lawyers, nor are we are doctors here. So certainly, if you have any really specific questions of legal issue dealing with people with dementia or any medical questions, talk to your medical professional. I know that we're all over the United States and the world here, so it's a different different uh, um, uh, in every city, county, state, and country. But this, this organization is one of the, the leading organizations to, uh, to help identify and try to uh, support the fight against Alzheimer's. Do we have an age group? Do you, um, uh, Mary Lee, do you have an age group where, where, where dementia or Alzheimer's hit? Since this is the senior hour, we think it's seniors, but I think it also can be people in their 40s and 50s. Absolutely. The prevalence is, is higher in people over 65, um, and it gets even higher um, once you reach 85. But hmm. there are uh, cases of younger-onset Alzheimer's. Um, and the trajectory of this disease is growing rapidly, and that's in part because of our aging population. Um, one in ten people age 65 and older has Alzheimer's dementia, so that's 10%. Um, and that trajectory, like I mentioned, is growing. Um, currently, an estimated 5.7 million Americans are living with Alzheimer's dementia, um, and that is as of 2018. And um, that number is is expected to grow uh, drastically um, in the next 25 years. The uh we 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 see cases as uh, uh, as we talk about fraud or scams or people begetting seniors being abused. A lot of it they're at their initial stage of dementia or 
as Alzheimer's. Is, is there? Can you kind of discuss are there how the stages are? If if you could address that, uh, because it, it, not everybody is at what you think is the ultimate uh, uh, problem with Alzheimer's. They work their way up, isn't it? This is true, and um, unfortunately, many people are are not diagnosed uh, early in the process. Um, sometimes because they may. Um, Family members may brush the symptoms off as normal aging, or uh, folks themselves may be afraid to discuss what they're experiencing with a physician. Um, but we really encourage people that to speak to a physician if they're um, experiencing any symptoms. And so I think it's important to um, we provide an educational program um, across the country called Know the Ten Signs. Um, it's an hour-long program, and our uh, volunteers can come out into your communities and provide this educational program. Um, and this is one that is really important because uh, lots of folks make the assumption that all people um, experience memory loss as they age, and that is just not true. Um, so the, the first sign is um, memory loss that disrupts daily life. So, um, you know, forgetting important dates or events or asking for the same information over and over again or needing to rely on memory aids frequently. Um, you know, and a typical age-related change similar to that would be, you know, forgetting names or appointments but then remembering them later. But if you start to see a pattern of needing to rely on memory aids and cues, um, then, and then that may be something you want to have checked out. Um, challenges in, in planning or solving problems is, is a second sign or symptom. So maybe uh, somebody who's always prepared a, f a familiar family recipe who now has trouble remembering how to do that and those steps and has to refer back to the recipe or who can no longer um, balance their checkbook if that was something they always did. Right, and, th and these are items. doesn't mean if one of these things apply, you, you it, it, it automatically says you have this. Exactly. Disease, but it's things that you should be aware of and anyway. bring it to a professional as, as if these are... are are combined and you can see a pattern. Are combined, yes. If if you have one of these, you may you don't need to be uh, concerned right away, but you do want to um, be looking out for these signs and symptoms with uh, yourself and and your family members right. or um, elderly parents. Um, difficulty completing familiar tasks at home. So um, you know, forgetting perhaps how to uh, use the microwave or the um, your um, you know the clicker for the for the TV, TV right, that kind of right, thing. Right. Um, now, occasionally, uh, maybe needing to be reminded again. That's okay. It's more the combination of all of these things and how they might disrupt your daily life to where it becomes difficult. Um, the fourth one is confusion with time or place. So, if somebody um, loses track of the passing of time or the seasons, or um, you know, has trouble. Uh, remembering, you know, a special date or event. Um, you know, a normal si sign of aging would be getting confused about the day of the week, but then remembering, right. oh, yes, it's it's Sunday. So, um, 
And then the fifth sign, um, trouble understanding visual images and spatial relationships. So um, sometimes, you know, judging distance or contrast, and that can sometimes impact somebody's gait as they're, um, they're walking. Now, that's not the same as, you know, an age-related change in vision where you might be, your vision might be getting worse. Those are two separate things. So, that, again, there's typically a difference between um, the symptoms that somebody's experiencing if they are in the early stages of cognitive loss versus um, typical aging. Um, the sixth sign is new problems with words in speaking or writing. So, um, not so much having tri- trouble finding a word, but perhaps uh, using a different word. So maybe um, instead of calling um, a watch a watch, they might say a hand clock because they can't think of the word watch. Hmm. So, um, you know, but typical age-related would be sometimes just find, having difficulty sure. finding the right word or you can see it in your mind's eye, but you just can't get the word out. Right. Um, you know, number seven is misplacing things and losing the ability to retrace those steps. So um, we've all done that. I mean, yeah. I, I have, you know, <laughs> don't panic if you've misplaced your keys or your glasses because that happens to all of us. Um, but it's more um, the, you know, the inability to retrace your stra- steps and find those items or putting an item in an odd place, like perhaps putting the milk back in a cabinet versus the refrigerator. You know, those types of things. A little different than misplacing your keys. Um, The eighth sign or symptom is uh, decreased or poor judgment. Um, And this is one, you know, that relates to what we've talked about in terms of um, elder financial abuse. Is sometimes folks lose the ability um, to make, uh, have proper judgment or decision making. And so then they, um, you know, they might give out large amounts of money to telemarketers or somebody like um, that is trying to scam them. Well, that's very typical in, in, in when it comes to the frauds against the elderly. With that, we have, I think we'll take our first break here, and uh, we'll be back to see you shortly. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. Happy Oregon homeownership is the result of a good working relationship between the home buyer and their realtor. Make buying your Oregon home a fun and rewarding experience. Get our free guide to happy Oregon homeownership. Act now. Limited availability. Free at realoregonhomes.com. That's realoregonhomes.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Well, uh, thanks, um, 
for uh, for listening today. We're back here with our guest, Mary Lee Boatwright Quinn of of the Alzheimer's Association, and uh, we're going through the uh, the list of I think some ten areas that that uh, you can look at that uh, might have some indications of some issues. Yes, the ten signs and symptoms, and and again, it just because you may have one or two or more of these symptoms does not mean that you have the disease and it's important um, always to check with your physician um, and, and, and and for the caregivers that you, you know and for the relatives you might see this pattern where the person doesn't doesn't see it themselves and so uh, an outsider can see especially somebody who's close a family member or a care, caregiver that sees this um, absolutely usually um as anybody would be, if you were start to experience these signs, they might be scary, and so um, you may be a little in denial about what you're experiencing. So always best to check with a physician because sometimes um, memory loss can be related to other medical issues, and you want to rule those out and have those handled because it may not be a, a form of dementia. So, so Joe, we were on the ninth. Uh, well, let me just say before we go there, we were talking sorry. about the – about the caregivers or the relatives looking at it. And we go back, if, if you've been listening, a listener to our show, one of our big mottos is um, abuse doesn't report itself. And this is not re- abuse, but this is signs of some potential problems, and and it might take some outsider to try to, to spur the person on or to make it known to, to, uh, to their medical people when they go for a checkup. Or make it known to uh, to uh, a relative that I'm seeing these signs. There's a lot of these things that you know maybe we should get it checked out. So uh, I, I appreciate you bringing this list. We're at number what number? We're at number nine right. um, of the signs and symptoms, and that is withdrawal from work or social activities. Um, so if somebody is experiencing these um, symptoms, typically they are going to withdraw some and and not talk as much around folks because they're having difficulty finding the words. Um, So somebody who was normally outgoing and gregarious might find themselves withdrawing. And you may think they're, um, and that that can also be a sign of depression. So again, that's why it's always important to get a physician um, involved in in evaluation. Um, And then the the last one, the tenth one, is changes in mood and personality. Um, People can become confused, suspicious, depressed, anxious, uh, lots of other symptoms when they are experiencing the early signs of cognitive loss. Um, And so, you know, if you see a drastic change in um, personality or behavior, that's another um, reason that you would want to encourage your loved one to to go to a physician for an evaluation. And is there a a, a website they can go to and and get these... uh these ten um, yes. uh, t- or in- indicators. Yes, absolutely. Um, our website is alz.org, and there are numerous resources on there. But I believe it's alz.org forward slash um, ten signs to get you directly there. The number ten. So. Well, I, I, that's great, and and I think everybody should, uh, if you get a chance to look at it, and uh, as uh, as David was saying earlier. Is we have to look at it. Everybody's certainly going to have some of these, but it doesn't mean doesn't mean that uh, that there's anything absolutely wrong. But the the person that you need to check with is your physician. If if the signs are are numerous and and are very 
uh, and they're, if they're different from what how the person right. has behaved before. My father was notorious for losing his keys every day from the time he was 35 on. So that was, you know, him losing his keys was not a new sign of, uh, of that. But if somebody has always been very diligent right. and now they are losing their keys, then that could be a sign. So it's really more a change in what is typical for that person. Well, I, I know from uh, from my contacts, being the law enforcement coordinator for the North Georgia Elder Abuse Task Force and my interactions with, with law enforcement uh, and just watching the news, um, the number of people, elderly, who go out in their car and then disappear. And they were just going to the store or they were just going to the cleaners or they were going to, to see somebody that was three blocks away. And we had a case here where person just drove and they found them in Knoxville Tennessee which is what 200 miles away mm-hmm. and um, and he just thought he was going out and was trying to remember all the turns and ended up uh, the police in Knoxville Tennessee found him so this is not uncommon when people are out they, they want to drive and they want to take the responsibility but there's just something that's just not clicking at this point and at that point you have to start thinking should these people be driving or not and we had a show uh, with um, the uh, GBI head of their uh, ASAC Heather uh, Strickland for um, uh, on elder abuse and um, we were talking about that it's a hard decision to try to get somebody's keys away so they don't drive and they don't get lost and and back then we, we came up with a uh, a suggestion, if you're concerned and you don't feel you can get the keys, or there's an issue with with your elderly loved one, with your relative, you can contact your motor vehicle department. And there are methods in almost every state where the state will ask them to come in and take a test. And if they pass the test, that's fine. If they don't, they'll they'll basically say you don't have a license. And most seniors, if they understand, they don't have a license. They're not going to drive. It's just they're 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 respectful in that way. So yes, I will tell you also, Joe. Uh, the Alzheimer's Association um, has a program called the um, Medic Alert Safe Return, and so somebody who has been diagnosed with a cognitive impairment can wear this bracelet, and uh, we educate law enforcement about it so that if they encountered somebody who was confused or lost. Um, and they had this bracelet on, it would indicate to them that they had a cognitive loss, and, and then it would um, connect them with their, uh, their care partner. So, um, and that is a, a free program that you can apply for through the Alzheimer's Association, and that information is also on our website, alz.org. Uh, do you have an 800 number where, they, where people can call if sometimes people don't want to go on the Internet? Yes, and that would be 1-800-272-3900. Right. I, I do know it's uh, there have been several instances where people who are in a memory loss uh, care home and or, um, uh, I guess, assistant living with a memory loss, where they just go out the door and walk and start wandering. And that's why this bracelet would be wonderful because law enforcement sees people, they have no idea who they are, and and there have been, I think you all put out these um, videotapes or CDs or wh- whatever they're called now um, for law enforcement to be aware of when they talk to somebody who seems confused to look for the signs of um, that, that they, they might have, have an issue as they're not, 
on drugs or on alcohol or, or something like that. And it's very common. You'll see, a, um, I was talking to an officer in North Georgia, and they came upon somebody just stopped almost on the road, on a rural road, and right Im- immediately he thought, well, what's wrong? Was it drugs? Was it alcohol? It was an elderly person? And they were just, they were lost, and they just stopped. And they did know, and thank God that they could run the plate and find out, because the person couldn't tell them where he lived. Mm-hmm. Yeah, unfortunately, it, it happens more often than we yeah, I know. like I know. to report. But uh, often, folks with uh, dementia, possibly even in early stages that haven't been diagnosed, um, you know, end up in jail or in a, with law enforcement for some reason um, because of their behavior, and it's not found out till later that it was due to the cognitive impairment. Right, and that's why there's a close working relationship with your organization, law enforcement, and and regulatory agencies to try to try to to help address this issue, uh, pass on information that everybody has. Yes, the Alzheimer's Association actually um, works in conjunction with um, uh, first responders and. Uh, law enforcement and provides training to those officers about uh, the disease and, and how to identify somebody who's living with dementia and how to interact with them when they do engage with them. And in Georgia, we've been blessed with uh, the previous GBI director who was in full support of this effort to get all of his uh, law enforcement agents trained on this issue. And, and it's an effort that we're seeing growing across the country, which is, is exciting. I, I remember one of the training sessions, and it was people were lined up to uh, to go and participate was where and, and I don't know what what it was called but it was where they were they were put in a situation where they would have to feel like somebody who has dementia or Alzheimer's and try to conduct their everyday activity you, you are you familiar with that I am I am it is it's um it's put on by Second Wind Dreams, and I'm forgetting the name of it at the moment, but it is an opportunity to actually um, simulate what it feels simulate, like right. to have uh, have a cognitive impairment. And uh, it's a very moving experience. I've been through it myself. And, right, um, right. Don't they put, like, certain glasses on, and they have certain – you don't hear, they have music and, and gloves, and you don't walk. It, it, it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful experience, and every law enforcement person I've talked to recommends every law enforcement person to take it so you understand – and and I don't know. I think it's not just for law enforcement. It's for oh, it's for the public, for, for public. caregivers, right? For, um, people working, especially across the continuum of care where uh, folks are being served that have dementia. Somewhere stuck in my mind that it talks about it's a disease that that affects two people, like a husband and wife, just as much. Both of them are affected, but in different ways. Well, oftentimes, it actually the whole family because uh, this disease is. Um, the most challenging one on caregivers and or care partners, um, whichever the the person would like to be referred to as. But um, the disease is uh, can last a long time for one thing, and um, you know in the early stages the person may not require as much physical care. And they may still be able to do those activities of daily living like feeding themselves and dressing and bathing, um, but they may need cues and they need to have somebody mm-hmm. right there with them. So even though um, – so caregiving really becomes a 24-7 hour job, and especially as you continue through those stages of the disease to the later stages um, – you know, it's very it's dangerous for somebody to 
be alone, you know. Um, so it does require lots of care, and it's very impactful on a caregiver's health. And that's why the association mm-hmm. provides a lot of, um, of resources and care and support, like caregiver support groups, um, to, to support those caregivers through this journey. Right. I, I, I met several people who were the spouse of the, of, of the person who had dementia, and it just wore them down. I mean, it was, it, 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 it was as I said, it took both of them in different ways. Uh, it's a... Um, it, it's it's a horrible situation, and uh, but it, the people do need loving care and and to be taken care of. I, I know I was at a uh, uh, went through a, a tour with uh, one of these memory loss areas and uh, and lost care homes, and it was very interesting. And I'll go into that and 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 get Mary Lee's at, um, opinion on on what they were doing to help the the seniors there. With that, we'll take our next break. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. Get your pen and paper ready. If there's a move in your near future, I'm here to tell you that the folks I used and now recommend is Around Town Movers. Timothy and the guys recently moved me and i am and was totally satisfied with a sometimes not so fun experience moving call timothy at 770-378-4708 and make it a good move and a good experience around town movers for that local or cross-country move timothy around town movers in my opinion are the best that's around town movers Call them. This is Daryl Pullis inviting you to listen to America's Homegrown Veggie Show right here every Saturday morning at 10 Eastern Time. Great guests, great tips, and valuable information about growing your own vegetables, fruits, and herbs. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Well, welcome back. Uh, again, Joe Gavallis with the uh, Safe Senior Hour, and our guest today is Mary Lee Boatwright Quinn with the Alzheimer's Association, and we we're uh, um, just talking about some of the uh, the issues with um, Alzheimer's, things to look at. Um, and uh, I was just talking about a situation I saw. I was in some uh, memory care unit. I was with an, with an officer. We were there talking about going to do a presentation uh, to the staff, and um, they were telling me that... Uh, one of the ways they get the people with some memory loss to interact is 
to set up a situation like in the 60s or 50s, and they have some pictures of old cars and an old so- soda fountain, and and they play old music, and people remember. Is this sound something like you heard of that people yes, are doing Jim, now? Um, actually, it, lots of folks who are uh, living with Alzheimer's disease um, do have uh, some memory and of their childhood early memories so whichever generation they were raised in if you can tap into um, especially the music from that generation right. uh, we find that, that folks who haven't been verbal or responded in a long time you put you know a set of headphones over their ears and play music from their generation their childhood and it's amazing the response because um, music just taps into certain parts of our brain that um that apparently really uh, helps them to come out of that withdrawal. And so um, a lot of these memory centers and um, residential facilities do try to trigger those old memories through the atmosphere, through music, through photographs, um, movies, that type of thing. We were talking about before the break um, about situations, how it affects, you know, the, the spouse, the other spouse, and, and I have a, a very good friend, uh, my wife and I are very good friends, a uh, couple. And uh, this, the woman started off, and you could slowly see her start with with a, whatever you call it, a low case of dementia or a small, and move all the way up. And now it's, it's, it's sad in many ways, but uh, God bless her, she's in a, a memory care home. She doesn't, doesn't recognize her brother, her kids. Um, recognize her husband not as her husband and sits there and just talks about her friends and basically is talking about what she did 40 years ago as a social worker and so she's like the social worker in the community and you know it's it's you know they, they say you just have to accept it there's nothing you can do it's hard that's right. It is. It's a it's a very hard disease for a uh, loved one to watch it occur. And as much as we can do to make that quality of life for the person living with the disease better is what we're trying to do, you know, at the association through our care and support, through our education. Well, well, th- this leads. Is there a cure? Is there a cure on the horizon? What's the what's the prognosis out there from some of the experts? There is no cure. Um, it is the the sixth leading cause of death. Um, It is the only one in the top ten causes of death that does not have um, a treatment, a cure, or a way to uh, prevent the disease. And so we do have a ways to go, and I will tell you that the Alzheimer's Association is behind their mission, and we are the largest nonprofit funder of Alzheimer's research in the world. The Alzheimer's Association is a connector. We actually connect people to clinical trials through a program we call Trial Match. Um, We are a convener. Every year we have the Alzheimer's Association International Conference on Research, which brings together thousands of researchers, over 5,000 this year, I believe, um, researchers from all over the world um, so that they can share what they're doing and hopefully accelerate that research. And um, we are a catalyst. So doing all of these things, we're trying to bring everybody together to move towards this cure much faster. And um, 
we were speaking earlier about do we do I believe there will be a cure and I do I believe that we will find this um, we talk about it in our association that we will um, see the first survivor and I hope it is in my lifetime for sure um, but you know the the research is pointing in the direction of uh, there being some opportunity for prevention. Um, and those are through the same things that you hear about heart health. You know, uh, exercise and healthy eating um, are key, getting the heart rate up. Um, also, there's, there's research showing that um, a good night's sleep is very important. So um, hopefully all this research together, we will eventually know all of these pieces of the puzzle so that we can, um, we can have a prevention model and we can also uh, have a cure for those who are already impacted. And this is a worldwide problem. I mean, it's not just. Uh, oh, I mean, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think we, we forget that, that this affects people worldwide. That's why the, the research is being done worldwide. I mean, it's not just focused here on our lifestyle. It's in every country, every every part of the world here. Yes, there's there's not an, um, an area untouched that we're aware of. So, um, and, and that is why. Uh, the association brings together and convenes all of these research from all over the world because the faster these folks figure out how their research works together, then the, the, the faster we'll find a cure. So the, the, uh, the recommendation, so it, why people, so it doesn't get, get any worse than what it is. It's just basically healthy uh, Try to live right now. What they're recommending is you went through the whole the whole list, but I I think that's important that uh, from getting worse, if people have it have it diagnosed at a low level now. Well, you know, again, we can't because there is no treatment. There's no way to uh, to slow the progression. There are medications out there that mask symptoms for a while, so there's a feel, you know, a sense that somebody maybe is slowing the progression, right. but it actually is not slowing the progression. Um, but there are, um, you know, reasons too that you want to be diagnosed earlier because um, there are so many things that you can do for your financial future, for the future of your care, for your entire family, right. to have the discussions and to prepare the legal documents that you need um, while you are still um, in the early stages. So uh, it's very important to get that early and accurate diagnosis. And diagnosis has come a long way in the last 15 years. When I first started my career in social work and I worked in hospice, I remember explaining to families that they wouldn't be able to figure out the diagnosis till after an autopsy, and that's how it used to be. But now that uh, through PET scan imaging, they can look at the brain and they've l learned the biomarkers to figure out, um, you know, the disease, it has made it so much better for clinical trials because it used to be that we would have people in trials and you would assume or, th or thought based on their symptoms that they had Alzheimer's or a form of dementia, and that's the type of folks they wanted in the clinical trial, but then come to find out after autopsy that that person did not have it. So this has made it much better to get the proper people into clinical trials by being able to use those scans. So what I'm trying to get across is that we are moving very rapidly and, and forward towards that cure, and so there is hope on the horizon. And, and I think that the point you're making, and we've stressed here, if you think there's some issues, if your loved one 
go see a professional, a medical person, whoever it is in whatever area, your country, what city, county, state, you know, confer with a professional. Things are changing. They're, they're changing, you know, you know, certainly, you know, monthly, yearly. And the early diagnosis is very important. It is, and I want to mention that um, for those of you who are over 65, um, the Medicare annual wellness visit that is included in your Medicare benefits, it includes a cognitive screening, and you should be asking for that cognitive screening when you go in for your medical annual um, visit. And that's 65 or older, right, for that? For a Medicare recipient. Right, 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 right. Um, And I, w- I did want to share, yes. you know, as we were talking about some of the, the facts and figures that I've shared with you, um, between 2000 and 2015, deaths from heart disease have decreased 11%, mm-hmm. and deaths from Alzheimer's have increased 123%. Wow. So, again, um, just a reminder of this trajectory the other thing that we do talk about a lot, and as a, um, somebody who works in public policy and advocacy, I talk to legislators both on the federal and the state level about this a lot, is the, the cost of this disease is tremendous. Um, the cost to our Medicare and Medicaid is um, is just staggering, and, and that is why we need to work towards this cure. And so in... Uh, at our association, we advocate that more uh, funds be spent on Alzheimer's research. And just um, in the 115th Congress that just wound up at the end of December, they did approve uh, an additional $425 million for Alzheimer's research wow. um, to the National Institutes of Health. So we are up to uh, $2.3 billion annually spent on Alzheimer's research and, um, and Joe, some of those dollars come to Georgia here because we have uh, Emory, which is the um, Alzheimer's Disease Research Center here in the southeast. And so, uh, you know, there are opportunities if you are impacted by this disease to get engaged with the Alzheimer's Association by volunteering to do a support group or uh, volunteering at one of our events to raise funds, um, or even coming and getting involved in advocacy so that you can come and talk to your state um, and federal legislators about this disease. Do, do you all uh, go out and speak to uh, groups if, uh, you know, because you're all over the country, so they should contact their local chapters and see? Absolutely. You could go through that 1-800 line um, that I mentioned, 800-272-3900, or go to our website, alz.org. But we have local chapters across the nation that are providing services within each community, and in- included in that is educational programs. Um, everything from the, what we discussed, the Know the Ten Signs, to um, if you are now a, a care provider for somebody with a disease, um, you know, communication, better communication with that person, and um, caregiving tips, that kind of thing. So we have um, numerous public programs that we can present um, to various civic organizations or um or anywhere really one of the one of the uh topics i remember at one of our law enforcement meeting was the the general term that somebody has alzheimer's but there's so many different degrees of it um and i think what you've just said here it's important to to know at the beginning to go to the professionals get their help whether it's a doctor or, or 
or a neurologist or, you know, a doctor, a neurologist, doctors, but I mean, get, get somebody to check and they'll, and get you to the right professional exactly. if, you, if you think that, if that you your suspect. loved one. Um, well, with, with uh, that, we will uh, take our last break here and uh, we'll be back. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four, patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on the Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctor's conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And welcome back for our last session. Joe Gavallis uh, here with the Safe Senior Hour uh, with Mary Lee Boatwright Quinn, the uh, Advocacy and Public Policy Manager for the Alzheimer's Association of the Georgia Chapter. And we've been having a very, very uh, informative, good uh, discussion about Alzheimer's and dementia. And... uh, we were just talking about uh, how uh, it's important to catch it early to uh, to try to put some safeguards in, and you want to discuss that, and then I'll give you some cases uh, that are actually happening with people with dementia that I'm aware of um, that uh, uh, that really apply to what uh, uh, Mary Lee's going to talk about. Yes, Joe. You know, if you have a loved one, uh, a, an adult parent 
perhaps living alone at home and you're suspecting that they perhaps are experiencing some cognitive decline um, or some memory loss, it is important to get them to the physician as early as possible because you don't know what else might be going on. And unfortunately, the stories are numerous. Uh, I actually have a, a close friend from college who's uh, mother was living alone, and um, although they had Alzheimer's in the family, they really thought she was still doing okay. And then, you know, a trip at Christmas time um, when they asked her to meet at a restaurant and then she didn't make it there because she got lost mm. really tipped them off. And unfortunately, what they determined was she had stopped paying a lot of her bills, including her long term care insurance uh, premium. And unfortunately, the policy had lapsed. So now it was the time where she needed that, and um, she hadn't kept up with her bills. And the family really um, didn't know that and didn't realize that she was experiencing that loss um, enough that she would um, forget to do those key things. And so, um, and, and you know, unfortunately, there's a lot of people out there looking for that person who's living alone who may not be able to make the proper decisions uh, and, and informed decisions. For example, uh, Joe and I know numerous stories of contractors who will come in and, um, you know, somebody needs a new roof that should cost $5,000, but they charge them $50,000 because they know they can. They realize this person is not in their right mind. And so um, it's unfortunate, but it really is important uh, that if you to even have your loved one screened, even if you don't have the suspicions, but go through that process in that um, annual Medicare uh, wellness visit. And, and at that point, they can set up, you know, the proper uh, powers of attorney. Uh, have somebody overlook the finances, right. you know, just not necessarily take that away from them, but have somebody making sure that it's all getting done. As we talk about this, we you know, we can talk about experiences but if you've got some issues and questions, you can always send it to uh, to uh, the email called safe, and that's at safe s a f e at America's Radio America's Web Radio dot com Web Radio dot com, and um, we'll get we'll get the people uh, to um, to the right person to get the answer for you, and we'll bring it back up on on one of our uh, our shows. Um, uh, in the future. But I want to talk about two cases that I'm aware of. Uh, again, remember that uh, abuse, whether it's physical, financial, institutional, and that's what we look at, does not report itself. Uh, have a have a real kind of sad story. A woman who was a widow uh, was diagnosed with uh, the early stages of dementia uh, had her daughter. She was in her 80s. Her daughter was in her 40s. Um, her daughter gave her daughter the power of attorney. Uh, and the daughter, uh, well, let me say this. The daughter had her signed for the power of attorney. Uh, I'm not sure at what time in the, in, in, the, in, the, in the stages of dementia the woman had. But anyway, the daughter who was in her 40s, Proceeded then to uh, clean out her mother's bank account, which had about, uh, I think it was 60000 in it. Drained the 60000 Unbeknownst to the mother, took the power of attorney. And uh, uh, in the house that the mother had with her, with her husband, it was paid off a long time ago. 
the daughter now with the power of attorney goes to an entity and gets up a reverse mortgage on the house. So basically the the house is now uh, owned by, I guess, some, I don't, I don't know, reverse mortgages, but it's it, it was basically um, done without the woman's, without the mother's approval. And But out of this reverse mortgage, you get a big lump sum of money, and that was, I remember, it was fifty-four or $59,000. Uh, that showed up in the account while the daughter drained that account. So when they arrested the daughter, which they did, and again, remember, most financial financial fraud, financial abuse is the biggest abuse of seniors. The financial abuse is done mostly by relatives or loved ones. That's sad. Somebody you trust. Uh, there are some of these outside scammers, and we talk about all the time. In this case, it was a loved one. It was this woman's daughter who who took advantage of this power of attorney and basically uh, cleaned out her bank account, cleaned out the fifty-four, fifty-nine thousand. When they arrested her, they said they asked her what it was for. And in law enforcement, you'd look, why do people steal? They usually have a drug habit. They have a, a, a gambling habit. Um, they might have a, a sexual issues with either uh, another life or, uh, uh, or a... Uh, um, they're obsessed with, with various uh, sexual things. When they asked her what it was for, that she was um, involved in a romance over the Internet with a gentleman in Afghanistan who was a contractor who doesn't exist. Uh, so we basically have, and who was looking for money because his checks weren't coming through. This was before the government furlough, so it wasn't like he was a government contractor. But... Uh, and she said she saw a picture of the guy. And, and remember, you're doing this on a computer. You have no idea who you're talking to. And when you see a picture, you have no idea if that person is really that person. Well, in this case, it wasn't. So we now had a woman with dementia being money stolen from her by her daughter who was being scammed in a romance scam. I mean, it's just a horrible situation. And uh, uh, it... it, it it needs to be it needs to be addressed early on with the proper legal documents to protect people. I know that's hard to say, and not everybody who gets a power of attorney abuses it. But uh, I will have to say, on the power of attorney, and we remind everybody when we go to these uh, sessions, we've spoken to over a thousand seniors that if you issue a power of attorney, you can you can take that power of attorney back. That it's not done for a lifetime, and you can restrict what that power of attorney allows the people to do. If you have any issues, talk to a lawyer uh, or talk to legal aid. In most places, legal aid, uh, they'll have a legal aid in your in your area, and they will help you with this because it's very important that you get it right. And remember, if you if you've given somebody a power of attorney, you can take it back. Uh, which is number which is which is very very important, and I was just at a, a senior uh, where I spoke to fifty five seniors the other day, and uh, and people don't understand. Uh, a gentleman there confessed to being out like forty five thousand playing uh, that that he allegedly won the Jamaican lottery, 
And we asked him, did you ever play the Jamaica Lottery? He said, no, but they, they said that somebody played it for me. I said, we sit there and the law enforcement people tell him, if you didn't play the Jamaican Lottery, you don't play the Irish Lottery, you can't win it. So don't, please, don't be gullible and, and take, take those scams that, uh, that you'll, you'll get it over the phone usually and uh, sometimes on the Internet. So we think that, uh, uh, well, I'm talking about the romance scams. We talk about scams every week. Uh, I was at a law enforcement meeting, again, up in the North Georgia area, two very rural counties. Each one, they had uh, one was a male, one was female, were taking over $100,000 each. They wouldn't admit that they were dealing with somebody that wasn't going to meet them and be the love of their life. So it's sad. It happens um, a lot more than we think. So if you see somebody or if they confide in you that they're, they found the one, the, the person of their dreams on the Internet, but they've never met them, they've never talked to him or her, you know, please get some professional help, professional meaning adult protective services or your local law enforcement. Let them try to address the issue. Um, you know, remember, if it's too good to be true, it's usually not true. Uh, I do think that um, as we tend to wrap up for today, um, if we just want to go over and touch over some, some numbers, uh, telephone and contact again for uh, um, for the Alzheimer's Association from Mary Lee. Yes, Joe, uh, thank you again for allowing me to be part of the Safe Senior Show. Um, I want to remind folks that we do have a 24-7 hour hotline. Um, our helpline is 1-800-272-3900. Again, that's 800-272-3900. And you can call for any reason. You can call if you're suspecting that your loved one is showing symptoms and what should you do next. You can call if you're a caregiver and you're frustrated and it's 2 a.m. and you don't know what to do um, with, with something that's going on with your loved one that has the disease. Um, we're there to help, and we can get you connected to uh, local resources in your community. And then also uh, feel free to visit our website at alz.org. There are uh, tons of information there about how to get engaged and be a volunteer and also lots about uh, research we're involved in and um, our facts and figures on the disease. Well, we appreciate it, and Mary Lee, we certainly appreciate you coming in today, and we look forward to having you again. And um, and you know, all we say is keep up the good work here. It's an it, it's a it's a great cause. With that, we'll uh, call it a day here in uh, in Atlanta, and we'll talk to you next Monday on the Safe Senior Hour. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200 or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not... You probably know a family member or friend 
that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for 